make sure you check out Tragic Nostalgia, the debut album from Winnipeg's Jared Adams. It'll be available to stream everywhere on June 26th, and you can visit tragicnostalgia.ca right now for more information. This episode of Witch Police Radio is brought to you by Amos the Kid's debut EP, Mountain View. It's breezy, nostalgic, inspired indie country. The first release on Winnipeg's own House of Wonders records, Mountain View is filled with longing for drunken nights at bars, big family gatherings, and for roaming the great outdoors. Blue Blood's debut EP, Make It Rain, was released in the fall of 2019 and is a strikingly original work of Winnipeg music, combining R&B, jazz, and EDM. Winnipeg Free Press gave it four stars and called it a profound statement of intent from an emerging artist whose work will soon be sought after. Make It Rain is available now on all streaming platforms. Hey folks, this episode of the podcast is my conversation with filmmaker, punk, and lead singer Jim Agapito, who you might know from the band, also named Agapito, which is kind of a Winnipeg supergroup, featuring members of bands like Cancer Bats and Union Stockyards, among others. And Jim's been on the show a few times as a member of that band, but this is sort of the first time he's been on the podcast for a one-on-one. And it's a really good conversation. We talk about punk rock, we talk about filmmaking, we talk about how this pandemic has affected him and his career, and a whole lot more. It's a great conversation with a guy doing really cool creative stuff in the city, and I hope you enjoy it. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio in quarantine mode once again. And I'm here with someone who's been on the show a few times before. I think this is your third appearance. But this so. is your first appearance without the rest of the band. So it's kind of cool. The band. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a first, right? So I think maybe the best way to get this started is if you want to introduce yourself and just, uh, you know, a little bit about what you do. That's maybe a good starting point. Okay, I'm uh, Jim Agapito and I play in a band called Agapito. And I'm also a filmmaker. Cool. And like, mm. yeah, like I said, you've been on a few times with Agapito and, yep. uh, you know, that was kind of when, when there was sort of uh, more action happening, I guess, with everyone's bands, uh, yeah. before this whole quarantine <laughs> thing started. Oh yeah. But, uh, you know, being as this is mainly a music show, maybe that's a good starting point as well. So mm-hmm. what is this current status with Agapito? Like, is the band still as active as a band can be during this situation? Yeah, actually we're writing and we're preparing to write a new album. Cool. And so we were actually writing quite a bit. Um, so as you know, Mike uh, tours in the cancer back quite often. Yeah. And uh, Jordan is also a touring musician and the guys are pretty busy. So we dedicated time to start recording, demoing, and we've been working on songs for the last year. Cool. And we were getting really serious about it. And then quarantine happened and it's like two two months of like, oh no, what do we do? And then people start losing their mojo man and it, and it was and it's been a little frightening because um the quarantine you don't know what's going to happen this pandemic and it just saps kind of the creative energy out of everyone and and then you're kind of at a standstill and it was it was terrifying so it's, kind of, um, it's kind of interesting actually yeah. that you say it saps the energy because you know i've been doing i think i've done like 16 or 17 of these <laughs> since the quarantine started and people yeah. give me such different answers like some people have been really really motivated to create and to record and to write new songs during this time and then like you mm-hmm. say others have been just kind of like what do we do and the mojo's gone right so how have you been dealing the with mojo it? mojo is gone 
Well, it's interesting, too, because um, so the guys in a band are some of my best friends. I've known Mike and Ryan since I was a, a teen. Yeah. And um, the scariest thing is, as you know, Ryan Nash, you know, Stockyards, Agassi, Agapito. Um, once this happened, he kind of um, it's one of my best friends. And him not picking up a guitar scares me. Yeah, for and sure. Yeah. He's a guy that has a guitar and he's noodling all the time. And all of a sudden this happened. And he was ter- and he was terrified, like most of the world, and it scared me because it's like here's my my friend who's very very rational that you know reads up a lot about factual stuff and he's a very smart guy and all of a sudden he's in the grips of the of the pandemic and he's not writing music he's not touching his guitar and I'm like scared because I'm like man if he's not touching his guitar this is really serious and yeah. I mean obviously. It's super serious, but it's like for my best friend who I've never seen without a guitar, not pick up scared me. Yeah. And so it was like, what do we do? And it had an effect on me where it was like, I honestly did probably nothing for a month creatively. And then I just snapped out of it. And I was like, got to do something, man. And, and like I said, you know, filmmaker and stuff. And so I talked to Ryan about this idea of like, we need to do something. And so I'm actually working on a CBC project. We just actually kind of finished it. And the idea was I need my main, my main man writing music. So um, he actually wrote a score for the documentary that I'm doing for CBC, like a docu-short that's okay. going to be coming out soon. And the idea was to, to kind of spark the creativity back. And I think that is just kind of been so positive on getting all of us to start thinking about writing and stuff. And um yeah, so that's what we've that's what we've been doing and that that's super important, man. Like it's it's like, you know, you got to you got to look after your buddies and you got to make sure that that you're just looking out for each other and getting things to do. And sure. this is one of them, you know? Like my man has to be writing because if he's not writing, I get scared. <laughs> <laughs> seriously he, yeah no I, I believe it for sure i mean he's in so many yeah. bands and he's been he's been in so many bands over the years that yeah for that yeah. guy to take a break from it it's kind of like oh what what's what's happening here yeah and that, and that like i said that scares me because he's like a musical hero to me so it's yeah. like you know and 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 it, just in terms of my life he's a guy who brought me into hardcore and the punk like my first real shows is because i met the first stoner kid ever that i at like 16 17 and that guy brought me into a new world, like yeah. helped bring me into a new world. And so it's like for this guy not to be doing that scared me. For sure. You know? And Can- that's now, you know, that's what we're, you know, we're working to. And now, you know, with things lifting again, like Agapito starting to write, we have all this ideas and stuff. And like, um, I can say that the inspiration behind like the COVID stuff, you know, all the stuff that I was thinking about before really feels like I've got to just put that aside yeah. because there's way more important things happening now For sure, um, that's affected me. And I think that's going to come out in a lot of the writing that I think us as a band do. Very cool. What you were saying before about, um, actually, what I was going to ask you is, is it easier with Agapito than maybe it would be with some other bands in the sense that you do have lots of time where you're off? because Mike's on tour or something, or does that make it harder to deal with this whole it, quarantine? I think it makes it harder. Well, I mean, Mike, Mike is here now, so it's mm-hmm. good. Um, I mean, the purgatory is that he's not on tour right now. We can't really jam, right? Because, you know, you can't really do that. Yeah. Um, although things are going to be changing, I think, soon. But I think the inspiration is that um, last week when I saw Ryan, um, 
in his backyard, you know, just yeah. hanging out at a distance. Um, he was like, I need to just start picking up the guitar and writing it. And I mean, in our band, he's kind of the guy, like, it's interesting because Ryan will have a riff usually. And then we go into jam and it just kind of evolves where the songwriting process is like, they'll hear it, they'll play it. And everyone just kind of like, they're, they're great. You know, they work really well together and they're pretty experienced musicians that they just start writing. And it blows my mind because it's like, this is my, like my first real band. Yeah, so it's yeah. like to watch like guys like work like this, it's so ins- inspirational for me because it's like, these are guys who can go and just like, on my wall, you just thought of that on the moment. So I think that's where the energy, I think that's where kind of the writing comes from. But usually what happens is Ryan will have riffs, he'll record it. And the guys will start thinking about it. Okay. And we're not like a kind of, well, we're a band that writes a lot in the jam room, but it's also where if Ryan has a riff, he'll have it and he'll present it. But it honestly always changes into something completely different. So I think the energy for us comes for, um, there's a riff there and all of a sudden it just transforms into something completely different. So I think to, to answer your kind of your questionnaire, yeah, like I think like um, we're now figuring out a new kind of way to write here. And um, Ryan and I have a recording setup oh, nice. um, with protos and stuff so that we can have those ideas and just throw things back and forth. So I think that that's the way it is. And I mean, I, I have a Zoom and I mean, I can record Vokes and, and Mike can do the same thing too. So that's the process right now of figuring out kind of skeletons and ideas. Cool. You know, but um, with things lifting, you know, hopefully we can start jamming you know, fairly soon. I'm hoping. Well, being in such a high energy band and being the front man, like, is it harder to kind of get in the mood for it when you're, you know, sitting at home in front of a computer or something versus being in the jam room? You, you know, I look at it too. And it's funny that you say that because it's like, for me, I'm like, so, so my, my entire idea is like with Agapito is like, these guys are experienced. They've been playing for like a long time. Yeah. Decades. Yeah. Decades. And I'm the new guy who's really been playing for five years. So my thing is I got to step it up a lot so i'm a kind of guy who like i'm a practice horse too so f- to get better at singing i took i took some lessons with a really good opera singer for oh, cool, a while cool. to learn how and you know i'm a physical guy i box so i was able to take my energy of that but realistically speaking and like i look at some of my heroes like david bowie i look at like iggy pop it's like it's a performance so for sure. me even when we're in a jam room writing man i am going off like i just i that's the way i feel it you know what i mean that's just the way that i am so i have the energy and like the cool thing is too is like the guys are writing and i'm always singing and i always i have a lot of things that i write down and i just try it you know and i have no shame and if it sucks the guys are i'm lucky i can rely on them like and i can take criticism so the guys will tell me man you can do better than that or why don't you try and i love it because it's like i learned so much from that you know yeah so all the guys kind of tell me you know why don't you try something like this and i'll try it and i'll try it in the way that i do it and um if it works it works if it doesn't we go back and we try again did you think that this band was going to continue on as long as it has because when i i think it was the first time i met you actually was when we had that big mega interview with like you guys and union stockyards and all crammed into the jam space and mm-hmm. at that point you were really excited about just basically just being in a band for the first time and now yeah. you know, a few years later you guys played a lot of shows you got some recordings like did you yeah. expect that this would carry on the way it has i think so i mean i think it's like also the thing where like the band is there to have a lot of fun yeah and i think it's also a place where the where we can experiment with ideas and I'm stoked because honestly, I love like, for me, like this is like I'm. I feel like you know, I'm like a kid again, rocking out in a band. You know, I've always been sidelined with friends and involved in music, still with filmmaking and stuff. Sure. But for me now, it's like, 
awesome. I get to be in the band and have fun. Plus, it's like for me, it's like it's just the energy. You get to express yourself on stage, and I'm kind of I'm a high energy guy. So yeah. it's like for me, I love it. You know what I mean? It just gets me, and it's also a little bit for me to do some. You know, I like. It's like there's a switch. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I go on stage and I feel like I got to perform for the people out there and they got to have fun and I hope they're having fun. So I'm going to give it my all. Yeah, yeah. All the time. And I'm going to try and like be as energetic and make people smile and and have fun and dress sometimes crazy (laughs) and and do things just because I want to give the, I want to give my friends a good performance because like realistically, I don't know if you know Sam, but they started the band because I I'm, I'm a recovering addict. Right. And so, and an, and an alcoholic. So they started the band to keep me sober. And this was a great way for me to do that. And for me to do that was playtime. And it just evolved into something else where it was like, I had this outlet to kind of talk about where I am in life and, yeah. you know, and talk about those experiences. So these guys, I mean, the nice things, these guys that kept me accountable to being sober and plus you're with your buddies, you were friends. And then, Having one of my other very good friend Ron Friesen, who played like in Comeback Kid and stuff, right, right, come join the band. Like, oh man, it's just been awesome. Like, it's always like such a fun time. We're just having fun every time we jam. We're having fun. It's like you know we do that, and I might get ice cream after or some food <laughs> after, and like talk about you know what we were doing, and you know, I mean, it's so much. It's so much fun. So it's playtime for me. That's they might awesome. view it differently, but for me, it's like I'm a kid again. Yeah, like. Well, it's, it's a it. productive outlet too, right? I mean, if, especially mm-hmm. if you're dealing with those kind of issues as well before this, like that's mm-hmm. a very productive way to get, get aggression out, get energy out, get feelings out. It's the best actually. I mean, it's my therapy. It's kind of my church, man. Like, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. And, and I get to write things that I mean are very personal to me and try it out in a song, you know, because yeah. I loved karaoke before. This is why Mike was like, you need to start a band, man. Like you love karaoke and you go up, start your own fucking band. And this could be the band. Yeah. And, and then he decided that they should name it after me, which is weird.
it's still kind of funny that the band is named after you because it's such a, it's oh. such like an 80s rock thing to do like where you name it after the singer right? 100 percent. i'm like uh i don't always kind of curse i always laugh when people ask your name it's like oh this is like a few. they're like what it's my last name man okay i get it yeah they're like why are you so weird about it i'm like i think it's weird but then everyone's like no man it's the best your name is kind of cool to say yeah it is kind of <laughs> cool to say yeah, yeah 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 and it's not like especially like you know obviously i'm sure there's there's plenty of agapitos out there but it's not a name that that in general winnipeggers encounter a lot too right so i mean absolutely if it was like thompson i mean if i had a band with my last name that's boring i mean there's a lot of thompsons out there everyone knows at least a handful of them right you know what i mean but agapitos yeah. like it's it has the, the tinge of the exotic to it right yeah and, it, and it's like what is this guy all about yeah, he yeah. this weirdo on stage is wearing like striped pants and name the band star. after himself yeah yeah and it's like what is that everyone always says oh, you named yourself i'm like yo man it was not me i just want to make that perfectly clear yeah yeah it was not me people it was my band. That's hilarious. <laughs> Mike Peters. He's the one. He's the one. <laughs> well, if he had named it Peters, it wouldn't be nearly as good, right? No. <laughs> it just yeah. sounds really lame. Like, no offense to Mike at all. He's a great guy, but yeah, yeah. Peters, guy, yeah. it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> how has this quarantine situation affected you as a filmmaker? As a filmmaker, um, it was weird because it was like I, I did one piece and then all of a sudden I had, I had three gigs booked. And they all just fell. Oh, and so for me, I, yeah, I like, for me, it was like, oh my gosh, this is like, you know, when you have the essence of like, okay, first of all, you can't jam. So there's one outlet gone. But then the thing that you also do, you can't do as well. I felt like the essence of me as a human being was taken away. So I really lost purpose. And I feel, I'm sure like everyone out there listening feels the same way, but I lost purpose, man. I was so down and it, I didn't know what to do. And then all of a sudden, like things started picking up and I was like, well, maybe I just got to try doing these things, you know? And then I started pitching things. And then, um, so, you know, I work a lot with CBC and yeah. I do documentaries and, and so they were like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, let's do this. And I'm like, social distancing. I'm like, how am I going to do social distancing? And we, I just figured out a way, which is the, the piece that that's coming out soon that that Ryan did the score for cool. it was like social distancing. But how do you tell a story when you've got to be, far away or you got to get other i mean i'm a director obviously i like to direct and i'm with a crew and how do you get other people to do that yeah. you know shoot themselves and take away the control and go into the kind of unknown and not know what you're gonna do right it's terrifying for me you know because it's like oh this is what i do and i gotta do it completely different but i think you know i'm learning yeah and i think that that's the entire thing i'm learning how to do new things and how to tell stories in different ways and and if that's the way it's going to be then that's just the way that i'm going to have to deal with it whether i like it or not and i'm not going to just stop doing it but yeah you got to just be creative and try different things well i was thinking about that before we did this this conversation because i mean like my day job is in journalism right but i'm I'm working from home i'm I'm writing news for the web so i'm telling stories as well but it's in a very different way because it can be done Mm -hmm. alone it can be done with a phone and the internet and uh, a keyboard basically right but i mean absolutely film you have so many more elements involved in terms of just just bodies you need to to be there to tell the stories in person and to you know absolutely do lighting and sound and all that stuff so it, it's got to be tricky yeah. to find a way because I, I, I can write about tricky. social distancing all day and i do because i'm at home mm-hmm. and i can sit there and type you know didn't type but yeah you're you're in a totally different world there oh man yeah and it's like okay so you know like usually like in documentary, you normally have a sound man who's actually Ryan's my po- my audio guy post, and then my cinematographer, his name is Paul, 
Um, imagine having to have conversations with them, sending them out to a place, like tell them, you got to shoot this yeah. with a really long lens, <laughs> this individual, that I'm going to be somewhere around there, but not near you, <laughs> like at a distance, trying to control things. It's weird, man. Yeah. And like, even this weekend, I'm shooting another thing. I'm actually going to Brandon and like, because things are loose and I got to have PPE gear, the crew's got to go all in separate vehicles. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's really weird. It's like, okay, I got to now do the same thing. How am I going to tell the questioning, do the story at a distance when for me, filmmaking documentary is intimate. At least that venue is intimate. So you have to be able to read them. You have to be able to feed them. So it's like, okay, how do I do this? Yeah. I'm going to find out. <laughs> do you think that there's maybe potential, uh, I don't want to say shortcuts, but things that you're learning through this that you can apply after the quarantine's lifted? 100% because I'm learning how like the intimacy of having a really long lens and how that looks at people. Also the cool factor of like, if people are submitting things themselves, filming it, just make that a good style choice. Yeah. And then you need to make sure that the entire style choice of filming is, is rough and you're creating a vision. You know, for me, I'm a guy who's like, I talk with my, my cinematographer and we're creating different looks, you know, which we present to our clients, AKA like CBC or whoever, or if it's a band yeah. and then using that as kind of like a mood board to kind of figure out what we're going to do and how we're going to present it. So we come with a really big game plan. So yes. Um, and really, really taking time to like, I'm all about the, obviously the story and figuring out the bones, but now figuring out we need to have creative sequences that we're going to plan and hope happen. Okay. Okay. You know, that's what you got to do. That's just the, and I mean, I was always doing it before, but instead of being rock and roll and going with the flow, now you kind of have to make sure, no, we got to nail this in order to have a, you know, a good story to tell. Or it's know? not going to happen if you, if you screw it up, right? You can't, yeah, yeah. If you screw it up, it's like, what am I going to do now? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. It's cool that you can still do it at least. I mean, at least there's certain elements of it that, that aren't affected by this, right? You can still be planning it and, and, and getting the bones of the story like you said that that's still doable it's absolutely. just finding a workaround absolutely and the cool thing too is that it's like a, another interesting thing was that like um i mean i was a i was trained as a journalist that's yeah. what i did as well before and i got back into writing like really writing and i mean i did i did an article for like cbc on like my family being stuck in the philippines i read that it was stuff. a good article yeah thanks man and that was a that had a huge effect on me also so that's another thing so in terms of musically like I've been writing a lot, having that, but also not having your family around you. Yeah, where, that's a crazy oh, story, yeah. Dude, that that was a killer, man. And that like that definitely had an effect on me. And they're they're back now. Yeah. Um but it took three months and I hadn't seen him for six months before that. So and like also my grandma's old and she's not she's not here. She's not coming back. Like for me to hear that, that has an effect on you. And that's sure. stuff that I think that it comes out now in the writing I'm thinking about because it's like, you know, you have your family taken away from you like that. Something you take for granted that you can see every week. And now you can't, man, it has an effect on you. Well, you as, know? as someone uh, who kind of, you know, your career is telling other people's stories. How mm -hmm. was it? How did it feel for you to be in the position where you're telling your own story? Man, it was really hard because it was like, I wrote that piece and I broke, like, honestly, I broke down a couple of times in it because, you know, it's like, what am I going to do? And it's also the panic where it's like you hear for me, it was like day to day. I would be 
finding out that they're coming. No, they're not coming. Yeah. Now it's canceled. Now the country's on quarantine, this being the Philippines. Now they're coming. Now they're not coming. It just puts a yo-yo where you're like, what do you do? And it's like maybe mom and dad, grandma, you guys got to stay like for a while. And then it's just that where you're going and you're keeping contact and you're hoping that you can you can talk and figure things out and you get to see them. So it's nice that you get to touch it. But it's just like pulls on the heartstrings, man. It like it, it, it really sucks and it really it was it's really hard and it's something that you know like um i'm feeling now like my grandma's 97 i don't know how yeah. long she's gonna be alive for plus i didn't get to see her before she left and that's like man it, it just has an effect so it it's coming out there and it's hard but it's also something that i think i'm hoping that some of those stories that that i'm telling there or doing these through music or through articles or through my film stuff has an effect on people to at least be able to appreciate people more. I think that that's what we got to do now in these times, just appreciate each other and care for each other and think about each other, you know, is and that, make sure that we're okay. Is that sort of the underlying goal of all these projects you're doing? I think so. My, my, always my, I think the essence of everything that like films or uh, like, I always want to be able to tell the story about why people do things. Okay. Like, I'm always interested in what makes people tick and why they do things and kind of the essence of them. And now the stories are kind of about like, I want to know that, but I want to know how are you being affected and, and if you're okay, yeah. you know, and, and if, do you need someone to reach out and, and talk to? Because I think, I think the good thing out of this pandemic is we've been so stuck on our phones and all that stuff, myself included, but now we really just want to reach out. I mean, I'd never think that I'd want to go back to work. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, and be able to just have human contact with each other. You know, you can't even hug people. You know, now you can't, you can't say, you know, you can't do that without people being terrified. You sneeze now, people run away know, from you. I know. Yeah, even if you have a mask it, on, people are just like, yeah, that makes it even worse. You have a mask on and you sneeze because people think you're, yeah, you have it, right? But the nice thing is, you go by and you smile at someone, and they feel that, and they smile back too, and yeah. they're like, "Hello." And I think that that's something that's really great, you know. And I think that that's, you know, going off on a tangent, but I think that's no, no, the important thing about that, you know.
Well, I can relate too, because yeah. I mean, just doing this podcast, I've been doing it for like eight years or something at this point. And, yeah. you know, it's very easy to get into a routine of just talking about upcoming shows and albums and tours and kind of the basic points that I always touch on, because that's what musicians typically are doing. But since mm-hmm. this has happened, basically the first question has always been like, how are you dealing with this? Like, what are you yeah. dealing with? How has this affected you? And it definitely Absolutely. gets kind of a more personal, I think, tone to a lot of these interviews because everyone's dealing with it in some way or another. Some people are, are doing okay. Some people are really struggling. Like some bands have had to cancel full tours and releases. Oh, and, yeah. You know, they're struggling financially. And it's, it's just, it's, unfortunately, like, it's hard times make for good stories, right? Hard times make for good, yeah, good stories. And good art. right. And good art. You know, I always say, like, um, when people ask me how do I feel about the, the, the all of this, I look. It's like, look, I'm like, we've never been to war in North America. Yeah. So we've never had our art taken away. But you look at other places around the world where war has affected them. They've had their art taken away. They put a big appreciation to it. Now I look at like we come back and we have that. The next time you go to a concert, the next time you go to a museum, the next time you go to a baseball game, you are going to smile and appreciate that a hell of a lot more. Yeah. And I think that that's something that after all of this, a positive spin is that we're going to appreciate the arts. We're going to appreciate those things, little things way more. And I'm hoping that it's going to make for some great things and at least get like governments and all these to understand it's like yeah it is very important to have these things yeah because we've had it taken away because this is our version of a war yeah i mean it in in terms of the effect it's having on on people's jobs and and the economy and and creativity and everything yeah yeah i mean it's thankfully thankfully less deaths than a war but it's still there's still deaths happening it's still people getting sick and large numbers and stuff so yeah and social you know you look at like yeah mental illness and all that stuff through the roof you know like it's it's scary out there, but at the same time, you know, like I'm hoping that things like the arts and stuff are going to, you know, put smile and people, so, you know, like I never used to go and sit down. Like nowadays, like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I'll put on a record. I'll listen to a podcast. I'll do all these things. And I now take the time to do it. You sure. know, what else am I doing? I'm doing fuck all. So it's like, I'm going to do that. I might play video games at some point, yeah, or yeah. do some work, but I mean, like I'm taking now more appreciation to do, things and taking time it doesn't always have to be go 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 and i'm you know stopping this mother roses so to speak so i think i think, I think a lot of people are doing that now which is it's kind of mm-hmm. nice yeah they're 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 seeing things that they they would have missed otherwise just in the daily grind and from you know staring at their feet going as fast as they can from one destination to the next absolutely absolutely and i think that that's great you know that's important oh yeah it is important yeah i have this kind of like fantasy dream about the music industry coming back after all this and being more kind of egalitarian. Like I have this hope that that this is going to kill, it won't, but that it's going to kill off all these, you know, massive artists who charge $180 for a concert ticket. And it's going to put everyone on an equal level where independent bands like Agapito or like anyone else are kind of at the same starting point. Once everything gets back to normal, do you think there's going to be any sort of change in the way music happens? Oh yeah. I mean, like, first of all, Imagine the concerts after this. Like, It'll be weird. Can you imagine how it's going to be weird, but it's going to be pretty crazy. Like, you know, I'm looking like Sarzapalooza or whatever it was. Yeah, like, yeah, that yeah. Was crazy thing. I'm like, I can't wait for what happens. And like, because we've now tuned into like online things, it's like now I can go and watch some of these concerts yeah. online, probably live, and it's going to be accessible to me, you know, and so many people around there. And you're probably going to see other things now, like, independent artists you know like all these local things that are now going to take like you know the internet and you get to see in that exposure and i'm pretty excited to see all of that because man everyone's just dying to play a show everyone's just are, dying yeah. to go and 
go and see shows, you know? I think that's going to I think that's awesome. Like I'm so stoked about that. Do you think that structurally there's opportunities for independent artists that maybe weren't there before because everyone is sort of everyone's stuck. No one can put on a, a, a arena show versus a club show or so the internet yeah. is kind of like this great equalizer, right? I think so and I think that people are now like I said like even myself we're we're checking out stuff that we normally wouldn't because we've got time. Yeah. And now is actually this this time now I think is like really important for bands to put stuff out because I'm listening to all sorts of stuff that I've never heard before. Totally. I'm checking it out. So if there's a time to do it, if you can do it, get that music out there, get it out there because people are listening. Yeah. People are listening. And I think that's so very important. Well, they, you know? they don't, they don't have, they have time. They have time to do anything. I mean, it probably helps you with, uh, with film too. I mean, people are probably getting oh, yeah. the opportunity to go back and watch some of your stuff that maybe they missed the first time around. Oh, for sure. And also, like, I'm even trying to do other things. Like, you know, the big goal for me as a filmmaker was, like, I start off with music, music videos. Yeah. I do a lot of, like, documentary stuff. And the, and I've, I've done fiction but never written myself. So the biggest thing for me is, like, to take, like, time to go and start moving into that field, you know, cool. of, like, getting really, really big into fiction. Everything is revolving around music for me with that. Like, which is funny because, like, everything, like, even the way that I conduct myself with, um, in film. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I have friends like, you know, Andrew Newfield playing comeback kid and all this. Some of my best friends watching how they conducted business as being smaller bands before they became big has had a huge impact on the way that I deal with business in the film world because sure. they know, know how to deal with, you know, not promoters, but producers. I know how to talk to people. I know how to hustle. And that's something that I really learned from watching my friends do the hustle before the internet was a big thing. Yeah, you of know? course. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's the cool thing. And I, I have to say, like, my entire film career, I owe it to music, and I really do. And I owe it to the scene. I owe it to the DIY punk Winnipeg ethic, man. Yeah. Do you think yeah. that there's a, a benefit to being, like, those of us who grew up in the 90s going to shows, playing shows, mm -hmm. whatever, do you think there's a benefit to having had that experience of pre-internet mm -hmm. where you had to hustle or no one was going to hear it? You couldn't just post it on Spotify and, and you know, someone in China or Argentina or wherever is going to hear it. Like, has mm -hmm. that helped us? You think? I mean, I, I, I see think, a lot of people. I think so. I see a lot of people in our don't, generation don't. who are who are really hustling and at whatever they're doing and succeeding in it because I think they come from that, right? One hundred percent. I that I if I didn't have that experience, there's no way I would be hustling as hard as yeah, I do. Yeah. Like in film, like for sure, like that's it. Even with bands that like approach me, you want to do music or like you know, I get some good big clients like have asked me and stuff. I would never have had that connection if it wasn't for the music scene or people vouching for me. That and yeah. to tell you the truth, Sam, I don't even know if I'd have friends if I didn't like. Oh, either would I. I wouldn't either. Yeah, yeah. All my friends are because, from music stuff. Yeah. Exactly, mine too. And you know why? It's because when we were young, we wore shirts, and you know what the searches and pins were? Those were cultural badges. Totally. And you wanted to talk to the guy with the propaganda shirt. You wanted to talk to the person, you know, with the no effect shirt. You want to talk with all these sorts of people because yep. you were looking for a community because chances are you're in that music scene. You might have been an outcast. You like different things. For myself, I was this Filipino punk kid that in my in my culture and stuff, I didn't have many guys. Maybe Anthony Bueno was the other yeah, guy. Yeah. But I mean like, you know, that that's I didn't have that. So for me to find a guy like Ryan Nash to hang out with, like bonding over weed and him introducing me to a lot of hardcore and like me telling like, oh, I go as a, I used to have a bus stop when I 
was going to prep school where I went to the cellar and I met Andy yeah. Owen. I was always intrigued by this scary music in the basement that I thought was cool. Looking out and saying, you might be into this young man. Okay. <laughs> Terrified looking at If I have never had that experience, I would never have had friends because that's how I met guys like Mike, Andrew, this entire scene, going to the crazy things that like the Albert, like in yeah. the 90s and like seeing that and like having this entire door open to me, blowing my mind, man. Like for me, like going to shows and like doing that on my, like biking from the Maples down to the shows at the Albert, yeah, yeah. you know, you have no money and stuff and it's late, you know, that was the best, man. Those are the best. Meeting my friends in back alley bars, For drinking sure. tin cans at shows, being rowdy and stuff, being this weirdo with his weirdo friends. Yep. Like, that was the best. I feel like kids don't have that anymore, you know? And the all-ager shows, man. I know. That was How the best thing ever. Was that? It's the best thing ever, man. Like, going to those all-ager, like, shows sometimes at noon? Yeah. On a Sunday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Like out of town band where it's like, come on, man. We know like going like, what is it? West Broadway being lined up with kids. Yep. Like at noon, like for a show. Hell yeah. That was the best. You see a flyer somewhere. You told all your friends course, and you yeah. went in a pack and all your friends, you met all these little groups of other kids from different areas of the city yeah. that you'll just talk to. You know what I mean? Like, well, and from different yeah. backgrounds too. Like you're saying, you know, being a Filipino yeah. kid, like you know, you yeah, the, the the amount of people from different cultural backgrounds that I've met through punk rock is crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, yeah. and it's like it's very Winnipeg because Winnipeg is so diverse anyway, and everyone mm -hmm. has most of us have immigrant parents, myself included. But like yeah. you know, and it's just like you meet, regardless of cultural background, that becomes your culture, and that those people That's become your friends for forever. It doesn't even matter where you're from, what your orientation, what your no, religion is. No. It didn't matter. It could, like, think about it. My, my best friends, I was like a total pothead, had the opposite from like all the Christian hardcore kids. Sure. That became, some of them became my best friends. Like, it didn't matter about where you were from, your background. It didn't no. matter if you were into the music and if you wanted to like rage hard. That was the, that was it. Yeah, for sure. Who cares about everything else? As long as you're all there and, you know, in the mud, like fucking in the pit, just fucking having fun. Yep. That's all that mattered. Yeah, for sure. You know, and kids it, don't have that a day. Man. It makes me kind of sad that that uh, I'm, I'm hoping that there's some kind of scene that I just don't know about that where that's still oh, happening. And I'm sure I'm sure it is. I'm oh, sure yeah. we're just too old. I'm to... sure it is. But, you know, we're just too old that we're stuck in the 90s. Yeah, yeah for sure. The glory days. Yeah. We did have the glory days. Well, I'm like, fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, what are the glory days going to be for someone who is, you know, uh, 20 now? Like, I, 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 I wonder I what know. it is. And I wonder how, obviously, they're having a great time doing whatever it is they're doing. But it's got to be so different from from our experience, just because of social media and because of the way that that, oh, that yeah. music has changed, entertainment has changed, and now with this happening, I mean, like you know, my kid's going into middle school next year, and my oldest mm -hmm. kid, and it's right in the middle of this crazy pandemic thing. Like, I mean, that's gonna definitely shape her, like growing For up, sure. you know? yeah. and then shape the cultural things too going on. I mean, you know, the way her friends were interact with each other after mm -hmm. this is gonna be this is going to be a thing it's going to have an impact and it's, it's going to be a weird thing that we can't relate to you know we can't yeah absolutely i'm like whoa where did you oh man i was going to shows you know like seeing posters on yeah. you know like different parts of the city saying i gotta go to that band that sounds cool not knowing anything about it because yeah. i couldn't check it out and just showing up 
And now it's like, wow, we don't have that. It's like, we oh, can't yeah, leave the house. We can only talk to each other on FaceTime. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I can FaceTime. I'm going to just text you. I mean, you're not going to call them? That was half of it. You know, yeah. show up on someone's doorstep like a freak and like, yeah. hey. We're going. Come on right now. We're going to the yeah, show. We're it's, going yeah. right now. Yeah. You know what? I hope someone starts putting on all age shows again. Yeah, honestly, all age shows, kids be so stoked to go to those shows. I, I think mean, so. I would love for that to happen here. You know, again, you know, like yeah. just have it and find out. And also, I would go because I just want to see what's what are these kids up to nowadays, yeah. man? Like, you know, I want to know because they're doing something cool. Even if I don't understand for it, sure they I are. like I like to know what it is. And like that's what's happened to me a lot on on this show when I'm interviewing like you know twenty something rappers and stuff. Like I listen to lots yeah. of hip hop, but I don't listen to that kind of hip hop. And, and yeah. like, I've tried oh, really God. hard to understand it. And it's kind of dawned on me over the year, last few years that I'm not supposed to get it. Like, I'm too old to get it. If, if, yeah. I, if I like it, they're doing it wrong, right? So, I mean, yeah. like, it's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's their punk rock. Whatever, as much as it sounds like shit to me, like, yeah, it should. You know, those kids are closer <laughs> in age to my kids than they are to me. So, yeah, it's, it, I'm glad they have that, whatever it is, and wherever they're playing well, it. Like, I'm, it's awesome. I'm it's stoked there. about it, too. Yeah, it's a cool scene. And, like, you know, sometimes I have walked into, like, 
places just because I'm bored on a Friday and I'm like, man, I do not understand this music, <laughs> but I am so stoked to be here and see these kids into it, yeah. even though I don't get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's completely cool. You know, that's completely cool to me. But I'm like, mm, it was different back in my day. We used to do it differently. You know? Get off my lawn, you damn kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm totally that guy. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> Such an old man. Yeah, it's okay. Be, I feel like some of the, my favorite bands I listen to these days are all a bunch of old guys reliving oh, past glories sure. too. Anyway, so it's, oh for yeah. sure, man, glory days, man, yeah. glory days. Yeah. <laughs> so if people want to find, uh, I mean, Agapito, that that first record is, uh, it's probably on all the streaming services and whatnot, right? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's a Bandcamp, and you guys have social media. Bandcamp, and... the social media stuff. I've made some videos for it that are fun. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then. Um, there's some live stuff that, you know, we start to play more shows. And then, um, so, I mean, the nice thing is like when Mike is in between tours, we'll go and play shows and like, um, some friends from out of town. Like, I think the last one we played was with ancient shapes and that was a fun show. Um, so yeah, like we get to do it. And plus there's a lot of like great local bands that we'd love to play with. If it's just always what we're wondering, what's everyone around? Is anyone going to play a show? Like that's, that's it too. Right. But yeah, man, I mean, that's the thing, man. I just want to party and have fun. Yeah, for sure. That's a good attitude to have, I think. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Is there sort yeah. of a central hub where people can find your film work, or is it all spread out all over the place online? A lot a lot on CBC. If you just type Jim Agapito, you'll find it. Like, okay. it's all on there um, in terms of uh, – yeah, but, I mean, it's all spread all over. You know what? I'm so bad at it. Like, I set up a website that I don't really even know what to use that I've tried to do. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I'm just, like – and I've gone to other people to help me, and I'm so bad at it. I've had it for, like, a year, and I don't even know if it's up and live, like, with my stuff. I'm terrible at this stuff. I'm like, go do – so I need to really figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, If someone out there can help me, awesome. I'm sure there is. I'm sure. I have, Oh, I have a website made and stuff that I'd like probably looked at five times and my poor friends that have helped me all that. <laughs> I'm so bad. But it's out there though. The music videos are out there. The documentaries are out there. It's all, you, Document- can, you can find it when you, you can absolutely find it. And I like, you know, and, and tell me, how did I do? <laughs> Was it okay? Was it good? Is it wacky? I don't know. It could be all sorts of different things, man. Yeah. Cool. But you know, and, like, that's a cool thing, too. Like, having made, like, the music videos for a lot of people, having those opportunities have been great. Like, yeah. I mean, I got into really filmmaking by making music videos, you know, and I love doing them because it's kind of this creative outlet that kind of have fun. And sometimes my vision, um, sometimes the actors don't show up, so I've got to act. Yeah, yeah. And I have. Yeah. <laughs> but then I'm like, all right, I guess I'm on. <laughs> Are you uh are you like actively looking for music video work or is it mainly with your friends and, and, and people that uh you know you sort oh, of are fan of? Yeah, I mean I it's both. I mean I, I'm not really so much anymore, but if people do approach me and it's like I mean for me too, it's like I gotta really be stoked on it too, because obviously I wanna do the best job for the people yeah. that that approach me. So it's also that a lot of it is a lot of my friends that ask me, will you do it? And I'm like grumpy. So I don't know how I can do it. But I'm like, well, maybe if I just try this, yeah. how about if we just try this and then it just spawns into like this, this, and this. And then you do a this. video for every song on the album. Yeah. And then I just start <laughs> doing it. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is fun. How about if we try this? Like one of the crazy experiences I ever had is like the cancer bats asked me to do for the last record. Yeah. Um, so like, hey, you want to do a bunch of a bunch of music videos? And I did the record. I think I shot eight in one day, which I've That's never done. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then like I directed three of them, maybe four. 
But it, that was the most insanity that I ever had. And I had a full crew and stuff. And, um, yeah, that actually was wild. And what people don't realize, so actually with the Spartan is an interesting story. So in film work, you, you're, it's like the army, right? You're to a T. you got to keep it on schedule. Yeah. What people don't know is that Liam had food poisoning and was really sick. And wow. we were delayed by a lot. But the guy pulled through. That's a trooper, man. Can you imagine? He was puking, like, in the middle of... T- a, he was late by, like, understandably, because he yeah. was sick. Yeah, of course, yeah. And so, we oh, gotta go, and I'm, like, freaking out, because I'm like, what are we gonna do? I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then, um, he just... He, check, man, just did it, and we, like, implemented that game plan, and, and we shot them, and it was wild to me, man. But he was so sick, and I was terrified. I kind of want to watch those again now and see if you can see it. Because, I, I mean, I've seen them all. I wouldn't have, couldn't, wouldn't have known unless you mentioned it, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like it was it was wild, man. And, like, they're also, like, guys that are really good to me because we're, we're buddies. So I get to go with them. I go with them on tour, and I yeah. do a lot of the tour videography for them. And it's cool just to hang out with your really good friends, you know? and like Who are in this you know, band these- that's incredibly successful, yeah. Yeah, and, like, all the guys are, like, and all the guys are really close friends, so it's, like, you know, you do that. And, like, I mean, it's funny because the last tour, um, we were in the UK, and honestly, I went on every amusement park ride with, <laughs> with the guy who was roadieing yeah. and who sometimes fills in for Mike. Um, so it's, like, like, I went on every amusement park ride, and, like, I, like, thought I was going to die and pukey, but, man, it was just the best. And that that's the thing, too. The guys are awesome guys, and, like, I get to go and see the world a little bit. Yeah, that, that, that helps make it more fun to do, for sure. And rip it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm just always like, keep the camera steady, Jim. Keep the camera <laughs> steady, Jim. <you> yeah. Know? <laughs> right on. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm always happy to talk to you on the show. I'm glad we could do this because, uh, you know. Uh, Absolutely, like, yeah. I think that one of the good things about doing this kind of in this uh, quarantine situation is that I've been able to talk to a lot of people who maybe live outside the city or haven't been able to get on the mm-hmm. show for one reason or another, but I've also mm-hmm. been able to kind of circle back and have people on who have been on before and yeah. maybe they're not necessarily pr- promoting some new record or, or some big show because shows aren't happening, but it kind of mm-hmm. gives an opportunity to do a, a bit of a different kind of interview. So yeah, I'm very happy That's that you, you reached out because I'm you know always glad to have you uh, on the show. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's great too. Just a talk, you know. Friends, you're having a conversation, yeah. you know, and like, I mean, like I said, these are weird times, man. These Very weird. Weird times, man. <laughs> right on. 